Bottom line is that the NDE um, changes you. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grimerica Show. We are going to be chatting with Dan Davidson a little bit later. That's a great one. We get into all sorts of fun stuff. Um, yeah, that was another one from our buddy Clint. So you guys know Clint's suggestions usually to usually tend to be uh, pretty good. This one's no exception. And uh, yeah, we'll probably talk about uh, all sorts of fun stuff in the intro too with our uh, everybody's favorite co-host, Graham. I'm a calf man, Dunlop. How's it going, buddy? Hey, good. How you doing? Not too bad. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good after our little podcasting weekend in the cabin in the woods. Yeah, it was a bit much of the traveling. Really good for being in the car for a while. Yeah, it was like 20 hours of driving probably seemed for me. like a lot, eh? Yeah. yeah, like 10 hours each way it seemed yeah. like it took. Yeah, with all the stops and stuff. Yeah. Since faster when it's just me and you. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun though. And weather yeah. and everything else. Just, yeah, bad luck. Yeah, chatting with a bunch of guys about crazy stuff. Oh, the cabin was amazing. Of course, big thanks to Cyrus for that. That one's awesome. Yeah. And we did record a Grimerica episode there as well, but it's a bit of a shit show. So what we have an idea just to, because uh, it really is not for like new listeners. Like we don't want that because people just won't, won't get it if they just stumble across the show. Yeah, that's pretty, the first one they listen to. It's, it's pretty just, off the wall. Um, yeah. People were partaking in alcohol and other fun stuff. So. Yeah, it was a bit of a shit show. So anyways, what we're thinking of doing is um, we're going to send it out via newsletter. So people that have listened to the show, and we have a few hundred people signed up to the newsletter, and we can send that out to them. And if people want to listen to it, because it it, there's some really good parts in it. You know, it's just... That's about two hours long? Yeah. So it's a two-hour app. There's a lot of good laughs. There's some good parts in it. I there's mean, I recommend stuff, it. Yeah, you if, you, if, you like, if you like the intros, you're going to like it. For sure. Yeah. If you listen to the intros, you'll probably like the episode. It's like a two-hour intro with seven people. Yeah. <laughs> a bit of a gong show at times. There's a lot of laughs. Some cries. Um, anyway, so yeah, basically you go to grimerica.ca slash news, sign up for the newsletter, and as soon as you do that, uh, you're going to get an email that has the link in it. And if you're already signed up for the newsletter, you've probably already got the link. Really? If not, it's no, not yet. But by the time this comes out, oh, or soon after, it'll probably come out in the newsletter on Monday. Actually, I think so. We'll, and the newsletter is only a weekly thing, and we're not, we're not. There's nothing being sold on there, or anything like that. It's just an update on what would it be like our our past uh, episodes and maybe yeah, some upcoming just stuff. Tidbits in there, yeah. you know. And there's a, you know, there's just a little thing. It also tells it gives us a way to, you know, if we do have something. We've got incense. We can email you guys. Yeah. So you sign up for news that, oh, we're doing this last minute. Oh, fuck. It happens all the time. Yeah. That we're someplace and we can fire out a bat signal or something like that. Right, right. So, so I'm yeah. going to play a couple of tidbits no, from okay, the cabin go episode. Ahead. I've got it here. So I'll just randomly start in a couple spots. I'll play a couple minutes here and there. 
Yeah. Seen plenty of wildlife, but that doesn't rule out uh, yeah. potential. Are you a believer in Sasquatch? <laughs> I have hope. Is that me? You have hope? Yeah, me I too. Hope. Yeah. Jeez, I sound baked. Hope to shoot one? Let's just say I'm not going to complain, but at the same time, I'm not going to shoot myself. Hey, shoot. it's coming through one ear only. I'm, eh? I'm not going to complain. On so me, anyway. So, yeah, I noticed that too. I Is wouldn't not stop him from shooting. Oh, Let's check fair enough. This. this is what we do here just Mickey Mouse on the fly. I'll leave it at that because I feel like if I press wow. it, that's better. Yeah, that's better. What'd you do? You put fucking adapters on there. Oh, fucked. Cords and adapters always going down here. Like, can't they make anything good quality anymore? Fucking, you've got basically zero chance of getting into these developments. <laughs> they cloned us through every step of the process. <laughs> There's a lot of it's Darren giggling. They are from store to store. That's kind of editing. Anybody else? The, the, uh, any- I closed it. I'm sorry. It's- the government has to get those people out of the military. They. Okay. All right. That's that's it's enough. That's fuck. They're not all keeping a big fucking pedophilia secret. <laughs> it's some fucking tinfoil hat. It's a house of dominoes. Okay. 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 Coincidence. So that's it's probably where it gets. Especially when you in the opposite direction. Yeah. So that's that was crazy. pretty weird. So yeah. then, uh, like a year and a half later. <laughs> I, I ended up paying I had to pay like five or, organ what kind of organ yeah. was this I had to pay 10 or 15 bucks one. for buddy to fuck the skin flute that and he made an in, he made an instrumental out of the original soundtrack that's cool and then I had to get, oh I love micro machines they were even small and then okay really okay that's enough that's yeah. enough no, that's no joke there, there's really Both. benefit Done. too the, the one that I got it was one for 20 or two for 30 <laughs> that would be cool right not no, bad not time. I'm just sick of fucking podcasting. <laughs> That's a good. That should be a jingle. That's a good. It's <laughs> a good place to stop it where you can't even fucking talk anymore. So bad time. I'm just sick of fucking podcasting. But you say it with a massive slur. Yeah. So, anyways, a couple that, rums in me by that. Yeah, half so, a bottle. So the audio is actually pretty the good. Gravity bar, considering. Yeah. Why well, I. I I've already, uh, <laughs> that file's already been masked, or I did the, what's it called on it? Oh, did the you? other night, yeah. Yeah, like I was saying to you before, I, that was when I was getting a little, a little much for me, being sober around a bunch of baked and drunk guys, when you started laughing at me, I was like, oh boy. <laughs> usually I can, usually I can stay in that vibe pretty good, but <laughs> I felt like an outsider a couple times there. <laughs> Outside looking in, yeah. Especially when you were laughing at me that one time. Oh, when I'm when I made fun of you, and then you like, yeah, I totally naively <laughs> didn't realize. <laughs> like, no, you know how I feel. <laughs> so, anyways, speaking of, no, no, no. Okay, I'll do the UFO call. I'll do the UFO call. I got the, it out. Okay, I was gonna just go on a little bit more about the intros because we do these little intros we get the listeners involved we read some emails we read some stories synchronicities ufo quotes we chit chat amongst ourselves a little bit uh before the interviews and there is a timestamp in the show notes so you can skip forward to the interview and you've actually got a chapter break now where if people don't want to listen to this they can go forward to the interview right yes but i also wanted to ask but- everybody uh because there has been a step increase in listenership 
And I'm wondering, you know, this is just, I believe it's sort of overall podcast uh, interest has increased. I have a theory. We don't have to get into it now, but. We won't. Um, so, we, but if people do get a hold of us, like there's lots of ways, Instagram, Twitter, email, it's all in the show notes. Tell us how you, uh, or tell us how you found us, I guess. Is that what we we're. Yeah. Tell us how saying? you found the show. Yeah. It'd be interesting to know where everybody came from recently, especially. Yeah, and it's just good for us to know, you know, maybe where we are having success with people sharing it. Because, I mean, we don't do much other than the episode gets tweeted and it's posted to a Facebook page someplace. Yeah, there's not like a grand marketing plan. And it's really just relying on you guys to tell others about Everything else is done by you guys. So, I mean, when we have big increases in listenership in small times, we assume it's you guys. So it's good to know from the new people how yeah. you found us. So welcome. Yeah, so that reminds us, might as well just get this over, not tell your friends about the show, because that's the only way we know, other people know about the show. And there are no ads. And there are no ads. Or sponsors. Or sponsors or bullshit. People accuse me of fucking selling squatty potties, but I'm not. I just like the squatty potty. <laughs> Don't get any money from them. Anyway, check out grammarica.ca slash support. There's a bunch of different monthly options there. We've had a few new subscribers lately, and that's awesome. So it gives us the the option to you know expand and buy new and cords, get new cords and new gear, and improve the sound and improve the website and maybe get an app one day. All this stuff, you know, you think there's just an endless thing, uh, endless list of possibilities we could do. Um, pay, pay off some of my investment. Pay off the in, uh, initial investment. Yeah, check out America.ca/support for all the ways you can help us do that. Uh, sign up for the newsletter. Tell your friends about the show. Spam Graham. All right, now that we got that out of the way, this is the profound UFO quote of the week. They like this one, Darren. It's from the CIA dump of documents. So this is from CIA.gov. And it is, oh, where's the description on this? So it's, it's the subject is, it a is quote or a description. It's a report of UFO at time of Soviet satellite failure. So it's to the chief of domestic collection division and it's February 9th, 1978 from the chief Minneapolis office at four thirty on 8th of February, 1978. So, and so, so there's some redacted information in here. So-and-so who works for the blah 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 reported information that might relate to the Soviet satellite the blah, that, blah, fell, redacted? Yeah, okay. that fell in Canada on Tuesday, 24th January. He said that while going to work a week ago Friday, 27th of January, he was on the bridge in blah 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 going over towards the blah 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 and he Did observed you just say redacted? An, and he re- observed an odd object coming down in the sky. No description was obtained. He said we would pass this information to the Air Force, and if they wanted to contact him for more information, we would give the Air Force his name and telephone number. Number three, for the record, in the event that anyone is tracking UFOs, we forward the following. And then there's a redacted list with a couple phone numbers in there. So, interesting. You know what it reminded me of? Is I saw something when I was younger... And we thought it was a UFO, and I haven't thought of this for a long time. And then we heard, so it was like a big, it was like a meteor, like something falling down, like a, a an object on fire. 
almost. And we heard it was a Russian booster rocket. Nice. Falling. In the atmosphere? Yeah. Or into the ocean? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, like that's what we saw. Burning up yeah. in the atmosphere? Yeah. Huh. Nowadays you get the app, Sputnik app, and you can fucking tell when shit's going to fall. Maybe not fall, but you can definitely see satellites in the space station. Anywho. Yeah. What else you got? It's been a while since we did feedback. You must have something good over there. Yeah, well, I do um, I do have uh, some feedback from our show that was kind of like this show in a way, Dan Davidson show, and, and Craig, Craig Flowers, he was a listener of ours, and he has sort of like a theory of everything about time, space, matter, and energy. And he came on the show, and we had a lot of good feedback from that, so I wanted to read some of that. Sure. But before I forget... He's switching gears on me. Yeah, I know. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a night um, sponsored by Refuge Recovery Calgary, and it's a Zen, a Soto Zen practitioner. He's going to be having a talk on craving. So I want to talk about that for any local people, and it's uh, it's a cr- talk on craving by Tim Sampson, and it's Friday, March twenty fourth at seven to eight thirty at the Community Wise Resource Center. And it's going to start with a 15 to 20 minute meditation. This uh, Tim is going to talk on craving and then end with a little discussion. Uh, so suggested donation is like 15 to $25, but nobody will be turned away for lack of funds. And he's been practicing in the Soto Zen tradition since 94, having spent five years as re- residence at the San Francisco Zen Center. And he received the Zen priest ordination in Tokyo. And he's currently a student in Zoketsu, Norman Fisher, and received priest ordination from him in 2015. So, so it sounds like he's quite the Zen priest, priester. Priester? Yeah. So that's blasphemous. No, no, no. He's got a couple priest designations. That's pretty cool. Okay. Anyways, that's going on there. Get that out of the way. I'll put a link in the show notes. Another edition of the Grime American Goodies by the people. Okay, do you want to, do you want me to talk about do you want me to read the email first or some Instagram feedback about the show? Email. The email. Okay, so this is from. Uh, am I allowed to say his name? Yeah, this is from Fats. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to read most of it. He says, uh, good morning, Graham. Driving to work this morning with episode 211 on play. Y'all crack me up. I think Craig is on point. Not that I'm any kind of authority. Has he ever heard of or looked into Kelvin Abraham's tetrionic theory? That's the point of the email. Everything that follows is anecdotal fluff that led me to this question. And no need to read further. I just needed to get it written. I'm going to read further. Okay. Here's the path that pulsed through my thoughts while listening. I met a woman in 2009 while working in Iraq. She was a linguist that had worked for the Balkan was conflict. She a cunning linguist? <laughs> uh, who enjoyed mystic teachings. We experienced many esoteric and unexplainable events. She mentioned something called Reiki, and I thought it would be a good fit for the practice. Intuition hit me and clearly said to leave it alone until given a green light. I did. A few more years passed. Sitting at a desk in Afghanistan, the the Paktika Mountains, Camp Sharana, 
Intuition returned two days before heading for a home visit, and insight was Reiki. Find your teachers. Begin at parents' home. Follow the path. So no idea why intuition sometimes has this choppy vocabulary. Probably the years of me watching Kung Fu episodes. I did. During the attunement meditation, I was taken someplace deep within, beyond the body, maybe interstellar. Then were shown several geometries, including the tetrahedron, which I had very little, if any, exposure up to that moment. An archetypal kind of voice, a thought distinguishing itself from the rapid imaging and flood of insights, ins insights pulsed over my consciousness. This is original thought. Geometry is original language. After that, several, several images flashed through of archetypal deities and the idea of people from every cosmos communicating in this language and that understanding of geometry encourages telepathy. Who knows if it's true, simply reporting the experience. So months later at that same desk, intuition slapped my everyday with another thought. An online course is coming for X amount of dollars. Take it. We can't change your course without it. A philosopher mystic is the teacher. I barely had an internet connection. Naturally, I resisted, then caved. Checked my spam, which I never did, and there it was for the exact amount. $777. Ken Wilbur's superhuman course. That course introduced me to people who have forever changed my history for the better. The course itself was a bit cerebral and was the inaugural launch. During the years since then, I've lived through several download and other strange experiences. All happened after Reiki in 2011. I wonder when I huh. took my Reiki. I think I did it in 2012 or 2013. When you became a Reikist? So. That could be a t-shirt. Yeah, could be. Reikist. Wasn't that the guy you are going to have on, Ken Wilbur? I think that does ring yeah, a bell, you, yeah. You were, you were close to grabbing him. Yeah, yeah you I can't remember him. what happened there. So, and then he says, sudden and random insights in fields I'd otherwise never look at, like water has a fourth phase. Jeez, we want to talk about that as well. DNA has an energetic third strand. Time moves in all directions, more flow and bubble, less linear. The 13th tribe of Jews, people are light beings. Easy Our reality. Mouth, easy mouth noises. Our reality is a product of light and sound, a plasma healing device using tubes and frequencies, a healing center in lush green hills with a pyramidal prefab structure. <laughs> a nuclear warhead was moved on the East Coast. A couple of weeks later, the news hit. And I've witnessed that focused intention for rain over a specific area from a small group of curious minds coincide with a freak weather cell moving counter to normal airstreams and deliver that rain within a few minutes of our estimated first rainfall. There you have it. Huh. So each download led me to days of Google searches for me and the guys I worked with. Not once did the download leave us with empty results. So he goes on, and it's a pretty cool email. He goes on and on. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but at the end he does say, if you've read this far, that commitment is why your show keeps growing. And now I need to go review your show and sign my contacts list up to your newsletter. <laughs> well, they're all going to get the extra special app then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'll enjoy it. There's a bunch of new listeners that won't come back. That's okay. They would have got there eventually. So yeah, a lot of good feedback from Craig's. Oh yeah. 
Thanks, Craig. Bingo, bingo, social media jingle. Don't forget to rate, comment, and or subscribe to the Grime America News. I was just when I was trying to hold it down. So I'll go to the YouTubes first. No, no. Oh, are you going? Yeah, we, I'll go first. Okay, you, you go, go first. Second. Okay. So we've got, uh, I'll go to the YouTubes. We've got, uh, hmm, from Samuel F. I fucking love paper books. The smell, the texture, and the occasional picks. <laughs> from Dean K. Great show, guys. I originally found your show through my interest in Randall, the teacher, Carlson. You are like the Cheech and Chong of radio. <laughs> Going to be my place to come every time I'm on a chill and want to have my mind blown. Keep up the cool subject matter. Uh, what do we got here? Uh, this is on the 212, which was um, David, Charles Platt, Plate. This was an awesome interview. Great job. Going to have to listen again. Hearing about David's sister-in-law's Hollywood experiences was crazy. I'm pretty skeptical when it comes to occultism within the entertainment biz, as I generally think of these douchebags as wannabe zero, zero crid sorcerers, casting spells and circle jerking at parties all over each other's bloated egos. Still makes you wonder the intent. This sucks you in. I'm still not getting the concept of the music loops over the film quadrants. Need to watch it again and try to figure out what they're trying to accomplish. Uh, you guys really hit it out of, from Coop W. You guys really hit it out of the park again. Really look forward to more. You're freaking addictive. Peace and be safe out there. And then uh, Joni. Buddy Joni. That's one of his James doesn't agree with. What the pet? What was it? The pet, <laughs> the pet implants. <laughs> uh, where'd it go oh podcasting from a cabin in the woods how cool is that with double D Dunlop right <laughs> love tripping with you guys awesome show anything happening around Calgary anytime soon peace and be cool oh, that was from Coop again yeah you must be a Calgary local yeah alright you can take it from here Right on. So this is about uh, our episode with uh, Craig again, and this is from Instagram, Fires in the Sky. He says, holy moly, you guys, you're killing it with your guests lately. As soon as I saw the graphic from the teaser, I knew this one was going to be good. Funny enough, because of the graphic, I thought of Harriman's work before even listening to the podcast. It was the first info I got when I woke up. Being trained as an architect, I knew immediately this guy was onto something, and it seemed like I started my journey with the answer, and I've been working backwards ever since trying to understand the question. The answer really is 42. How many years old you have to be to learn the question to the life, universe, and everything? And yes, I'm really 42 this year. Our construct is definitely about the balance of opposites, functionality and beauty, engineering and art which manifests as a language of geometry, proportions, and symmetry. Numbers, math, are just a reflection description language of the universal structure. And your guest, Craig, added the next layer to the lesson. And I'm guessing that's time. Haramine could learn a thing or two from this guy. <laughs> I've never had a download like him, but I've been slowly deprogramming from my public education over the years and relearning with synchros, always leading me to the next batch of info to assimilate. 
I actually had a pretty involved synchro from the week after Christmas that I keep meaning to send you guys. I'm still processing it somewhat as little bits keep popping up here and there. So I keep putting it off, but I'll get to it to you eventually. Anywho, this episode rocked. If your guests get any better, the universe might blink out of existence. Going to watch, going to download his paper and start wading through tonight. And then uh, 77 Metal Daddy O, he says, awesome show. This was definitely one of my favorites. Also, right after I heard you guys talking about the three circles, I saw that same tattoo on the wrist of the gal that was making my latte. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Social medias are always fun. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Got any synchros or anything? Uh, Yeah, I got a couple if we have time. I mean, there's a couple of small ones here. Did we already do the spiel? We already did the spiel, right? Yeah. That's done. We got time. Uh, This is a Shakespeare one. Oh, okay. This this one fits with the last one that we just read. So that's kind of... It's time for another installment of the Canadian All right, this is from Anonymous. Love the show. Hey, Graham. I have a question about the Shakespeare episode. Oh, where can I find an image of the sonic cover that your guests used to connect the dots and show all those cool mathematical constants and stuff? I checked the links but could not find this. Also, how about an update on your guest's attempt to get information about the mathematics of the Great Pyramid? So, have you heard about that? Have you heard from him on that? No. Because he was, didn't we hear from him when he was there? And didn't he say it went he well and he got... Who? Alan Green? Yeah. Since he was on the show, I haven't yeah. heard from him again. I thought you did. No. Okay, well, we'll follow up on that and see what he got. Because I thought I heard something I about him... still in Egypt. ...him actually measuring that... Uh, well, it was the concaveness of the inside pyramid or something. He was going there to try that, I think. Yeah. Quite the, quite the adventurer. Oh, and, yeah. That guy's like fucking Indiana Jones, man. <laughs> and also, uh, that sonnet thing, I I, I found, I think he was... No, um, I, we found pictures of it, but I couldn't find a marked out picture that shows you all the shit that he sees in there. I, I think we mentioned in the interview that where it was or where it wasn't or what the fuck, but I haven't seen that picture either myself. So if you see it, send it to us. I think I have it actually. So I'm going to put that in the show notes and I'm just trying, just trying to find it right here. Oh, here it is. Um, I don't think that you do. Hmm. What do you mean? How is that? What? The picture. You do? Of the marked up sonic cover that shows all the different triangles? Yeah. Not the marked up ones. No, that's what I'm saying. They're, I haven't seen them. We haven't seen them. Anyone can Google a picture of the sonnets. It's that. It's it's not that. It's, he was talking about being the title page, but it's actually the dedication of all those pyramids, I think. <sighs> Does that make sense to you? No. Why? I don't think that's how it works. What do you mean? So we don't know. We can't help you. I'm pretty we're sure both, that's what we're it was. Both guessing and we're both <laughs> guessing different things. Anyways, I'm putting it in the show notes for people if they're interested in uh, in seeing that about from that Alan Green episode. And on to his synchro. Okay. Or him. I don't know if it's a him, but oh, it is actually. It. Also, here's a synchro. I was driving one day and the car in front of me had a license plate with four sevens in a row. 
It's funny that I just read that other thing with three sevens and this. Uh, the, yeah, you could have set that up. And it's from seven seven Daddyo. I wouldn't put a pass. There's you. a lot of sevens going I on in this. Put a pass oh, come on. You know I'm not going to play What's seven around. for? You think I'd be out faking crop circles too? But that's your job. Oh, uh, yeah, it's not. It's fucking 30 below again. <laughs> and I thought, what are the odds of having four sevens in a row? And what would be the odds of a license plate with seven sevens in a row? At that moment, a car with three sevens in a row came in the opposite direction. And for a split second, seven sevens were visible, invisible in my field of view. After I started thinking about who has the phone number with seven sevens, I considered Googling it, but I but I did not take the time. And a few days later, I was driving on the freeway and a taxi, a taxi passed me with his phone number displayed on the car. Yep, seven sevens. I have not seen this taxi company before or since. You should take that taxi. That Maybe was... there's a lottery ticket in the backseat or something for you. <laughs> yeah, just call it. I need a ride somewhere. Yeah, I need to just take you around the block. <laughs> Wherever you got to go. Yeah. Wow, actually, that was more profound than when I read it the first well, time. I'll give him a 7.7. There you go. Full intro, full of sevens. Anything else? Ah, that's about it. it. Yeah, that's about it, buddy. This was a great episode with another fellow with a download. That's a couple people that we've had that um, seem to have this. um, Oh, I did also want to mention experience about. I wanted to mention that we had the wrong fucking links in the show notes for David Charles plate. So we have the links in there now that have all those movies and stuff that we talked about in there. Cause I know a bunch of people were emailing me or tweeting me or wanted to see those movies. And we finally found them and we watched them. Okay. And then what we've spent about half oh. an hour trying to pause the wizard of Oz. Oh my God. <laughs> we found this like one frame had a symbolism in the wizard of Oz. When the house came down one plus sideways semicolon. Well, no, was that the symbol? Michael says it was a snake around a stick. Oh, that's right. A cross with the bottom cut off. Broken cross. Yeah, broken broken cross. And then what was the sem- What did he say the semicolon was? I don't think we got that. I can't remember. Michael. Do you think that's in the original Wizard of Oz, or was that in his compilation of the Pink Floyd Who Dark knows? Side of the Moon, I think, was the one that went with that movie? Yeah. Who knows? Anyway... That I, think was said, weird. I think I said I was going to link to it in the show notes of the bonus episode, but that's not going to happen. Actually, no, I think that was the UMG episode. Yeah, that's right. That's it. Huh. huh. Anyway, guys, enjoy the chat with Dan. It's a great one. Check out the show, other show notes for David Charles Platt if you want to check out those videos. And, uh, yeah, enjoy.
All right, tonight we've got Dan Davidson here. He's been recommended by one of our listeners who always recommends the best guests. Clint. Our buddy Clint. And uh, it's interesting because Dan's research seems to really cross over with some of our past guests recently. He's been he's been researching etheric science, like resonance, atomic structure, that type of stuff. And he has a paper. Um, I don't know if you'd call it a book or a paper. We'll talk to him about it, but it's called Shape Power. And it's a treatise on how form converts universal ether into electromagnetic and gravitic forces and related discoveries in gravitational physics. So this is kind of uh, one of those, um, you know, pushing against our current scientific paradigms. And we're really glad to have Dan on the show. Thanks for coming on, Dan. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to have you. Um, we can we can start with that if you want. I mean, your 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 paper and your presentations that we've seen online about shape power. Do you want? Is that a good place for us to start? Yeah, sure. I can talk about shape power. It's got a lot of stuff in it. Um, basically, the shape power book was a result of about forty years of research, and it it all came together in like about three or four days when I started working with a clairvoyant. Um, wow. One of the things that um, that I had been interested in is, is that John Keeley, who was the uh, scientist back in the late 1800s, yep. Keeley used, he would write uh, shapes or figures on the blackboard and his equipment would run. Oh, and yeah, right, right. Find a, yeah, this was kind of magic. And um, this friend of mine who who was a clairvoyant said, well, let's see what happens when we do a few shapes. So I drew two lines that converged, and I asked this clairvoyant what what was going on. And they said, well, there's a a spiral that started very tight at the vertex of the two lines, and then again, it gets wider and wider and just kind of follows the line around until it disappears. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I knew immediately that this was, this these two lines converging was creating a magnetic field. So I ran a bunch of tests on uh, converging lines, and I had a, a Fluxgate magnetometer at the time, and I could actually measure a magnetic field by the converging of these lines. I mean, the lines were just drawn. You could use sticks, any kind of material, magnetic, non-magnetic, wire. They all they all created a uh, magnetic field when they converged. And so I I had a, uh, a friend of mine in California run a test. His name is Joe Parr. He's passed on now, but he, he and I were in close contact on a lot of experiments and stuff. And he had a magnetometer, and he ran some of the same tests. He took a um, uh, uh, a plastic plastic ball and drove some uh, wooden uh, chopsticks into the ball, so they all converged at the same point. And he could measure magnetic field that way also. Hmm. So we basically verified this in the lab and also with the clairvoyant. So then I started working with a clairvoyant. We tried a bunch of different shapes and came came up with a lot of stuff. It's all shown in the Shape Power book. It's more than a treatise. It's actually um, I don't know, fifteen twenty chapters maybe. Yeah. But the but we we came up with various 
shapes. Uh, for example, if you take a pyramid shape, you know they are they talk about pyramid energy. Yep. Uh, there's got there's some kind of energy created by the pyramid. Well, that was one of the things that put this whole thing in perspective. Is that the if you, you see is the pyramid books back then written by Flanagan and some other guys was that the pyramid energy would uh, appear with just the edges of the pyramid. You didn't have to have a solid pyramid or a uh, filled-in pyramid or you know a covered pyramid. All you need is the lines, the, you know, the four lines of creating the front pyramid and the four lines creating the base. So based on my converging line experiments, I ran, I, uh, I had a bunch of pyramids, different kinds, and I ran tests on the pyramids. And there is a magnetic field getting created at the intersection of the lines of the five corners, you know, the top and the two bottom, the four bottom lines. Hmm. So that verified the pyramid energy. And it also explained why there was a, a concentration of this etheric energy or this strange energy, you know, nobody knew what to call it. I'd call it etheric energy. At the one third light level. Now, if you take and analyze this thing from a mathematical point of view, the uh, convergence of all the lines is at the third, uh, one third level, one third height. Just a geometric fact. And so, what was happening is that these five corners are focusing the ether into this one spot. Mm. And when I, when I published the book, a lot of interesting things happened. I received a I received a a, a book written in Chinese. Uh, well, it's actually Korean, uh, but you know Chinese offshoot. And it had pictures in this thing. And I finally got a hold of the scientist that wrote this book. He had sent it to me. And uh, through our communications, we were able to. He was able to tell me that. They had built a uh, a double pyramid, um, double uh, uh, pyramids facing each other, and they had put a uh, gold coin at the one third light level on the top level, and then at the bottom they had a little like a platform, and they were actually able to create. Another gold coin, absolutely identical to the one on the top pyramid. Now, I've never been able to run this experiment or test it out, but uh, it sure has all kinds of wild potential. Yeah. Because it fits in with a whole bunch of other stuff that I've since discovered. And I I basically you can call it um, shape power uh, or pattern physics. I like the word pattern physics, but they're all patterns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it also works with um, cylinders and cones and, and stuff like that, right? It's not just uh, lines. Right. You know, you can you take a cylinder and, uh, well, let's take a circle as the, the uh, like the start of a cylinder. And the uh, focus of all of the the side of the uh, circle is the center of the circle. So there is a etheric force field that gets created in the center of the circle. 
Now, if you extend this to three dimensions, you got a cylinder, and there's a lot, there's like a pillar of etheric energy that's more intense at the center of the cylinder. Hmm. And this is this it's uh, it's base. Uh, if you're if you ever study geometry, a circle is basically an infinite number of converging lines. So this fits into the converging line theory again. So when you say that the etheric um, energy is is more powerful in these spots, does that also imply a difference in gravity or something going on with gravity as well, or is that just electromagnetism, or is it electro as well, or just magnetism? No, what it is is the concentration of etheric energy. If if you think about space, even even though we normally don't sense the energy in space. Uh, if you do the proper type of experiments, you can prove that there is an energy in space. Mm-hmm. And you can go through all the math and everything. Our, our current scientists, the poo this whole thing. Yeah, they would call it dark energy but, but, probably, uh, right? Yeah, well, they, they call it dark energy. They call it all kinds of crap. <laughs> and and they, they got the string theory and the various types of theories on this whole thing. Plank theory. QED and you know, quantum electrodynamics and, and uh, quantum mechanics and, of course, there's Einstein's uh, gravitational theories. These all got holes in uh, And the, the holes can only be filled in if you start treating space with an energy. That, that energy, what I call the ether. You can call it anything you want, dark energy, puke energy, or whatever you want. But this, but there is an energy in space, and that energy can be concentrated. So what the cylinder or like a cube or something is doing is is concentrating the ether. It's making more intense. It's like like a battery's uh, uh, an intense focus of electrical energy because of the chemical action of the battery. Um, but the ether is, is, is like a, a concentration of this. And you can do this just studied. by... Pardon? You can, you can accomplish this just by putting, like, the physical structure of a cylinder in space? Yeah. And physical Any, cylinders, anywhere. physical cubes, anywhere. spheres. So could you multiply that? Could you, do, could you do, like, a cylinder yeah. within a cylinder within a cylinder and start, like, multiplying the, yeah. the energy? Yeah. Yeah, you would multiply the force. That's a way. That's a way to intensify it. So, so, what kind of energy are we talking about? The ether. Yeah, it's, yeah, but I mean, like, what's the, the power? Potential? What's, what's the, the power? Potential? Like, it's, the it's, power subtle, it's pretty subtle, isn't it? Well, it's a subtle energy. Uh, people that are sensitive to the energy, some uh, like a real true clairvoyant, not one of these phony baloney psychics, but a true clairvoyant can see the energy and uh, see what it does. For example, I was running a bunch of tests, uh, gold detection. Gold is uh, physical gold, physical substance, any kind of substance is a concentration of ether, only it's in a specific format. Now, the other thing that, that this whole thing falls out is uh, I ran a friend of mine, um, Paul Stowe, 
and he was working with a with a, a doctor at at um, UC Berkeley, uh, uh, probably uh, one of the labs, Knight Lawrence Labs, and um, they came up with a ether theory, and they treated the ether as a hydrodynamic hydrodynamic superfluid. It, it has certain properties. <clears throat> But if you treat space as this hydrodynamic superfluid, you can use the standard uh, wave equations for uh, a, a liquid material, only you use the ether, and you can derive all of the parameters for space, gravity, electric, um, you know, you you name the force; they can derive it. With, they derived it with this one paper. I mean, it was fantastic. And I, I contacted uh, Paul Stowe at the time, and uh, we we talked a lot about a lot about this stuff. But basically, uh, like, what's what's an electron or a proton? They fall out of this theory of these that stolen and makes work out. A proton and a neutron are there's the only difference is the size. They're both rotations in the ether. They're donuts, like a uh, a donut like, shape. Like a torus torus a torus rotates on its axis and it rotates within the torus itself. Yeah. And what it does, it acts like a siphon, and it pulls the ether down through this torus. And that, and the torus has a certain amount of resistance to the ether flowing through it. That resistance is gravity. Ah. That's what causes gravity. So the two basic particles, protons and electrons, um, both have that same property, and they, they, you know, they're practically identical in all their uh, physical properties that they've measured. And a neutron, which they try and claim is a stable particle, it's only stable for up to 15 minutes. That's so. That's as far as I'm concerned, is BS to call it a stable particle. The only two stable particles are the proton and the electron, and they form the basis for gravity hmm. because they they resist the ether flowing through them, and that resistance on that rotating torus is the gravity field. That's how simple the whole thing is, and the electric field is a concentration of the ether between two points. And what happens is when you got that, the ether tries to equalize between those two points, you know, assuming you got them isolated. That's an electric field. Mm. A magnetic field is a rotation ether. You know, that's the, that we're back to the converging line thing. Yeah. And that's how simple all this is. We we don't have to go to QED and and uh, all this wild uh, mechanics and stuff. Um, 
stuff, there's a lot of stuff that falls out of mechanics. But the other problem is, is where does the ether come from? Everywhere. What is, what is the ether? When you answer that question, you're going to understand a lot of things about how the universe functions. But basically, the the if we go back in history, give me a guy a drink. Sure, that's fine. And I think I should mention too that this has all been scientifically tested and proven. He's got uh, footnotes at the bottom of the paper as well, and all kinds of uh, graphical um, pictures and 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 stuff to show it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, the shape of our book was really a breakthrough. I mean, uh, there's there's uh, there's guys pirating it on uh, Amazon and stuff. I tried to get Amazon straightened out, <laughs> and um, a- Amazon uh, w- won't pull these guys that are uh, breaking my copyrights. Agents, uh, you know, they're just there to make money. So, so I don't do much stuff with Amazon, but the um, the, the basic. Shape Power book was a fantastic breakthrough. And um, that was really kind of the beginning where, where the for the last 40, 50 years of uh, research, ex- thousands of experiments that I did, all of a sudden they came together in like, a, like probably a few days. And I probably wrote, I think I wrote the book, Shape Power book in one month. That's crazy. The whole thing just, yeah. I mean, it just fell together. Now when, when something like that happens, you you know you're getting guidance and then everything. I got, I would get whole whole chapters in my head and just sit down and write them out. Well, we just talked about that with another guest who has a really interesting theory about time, space, energy, and matter, and he had a download. And then you've had a couple near death experiences too that I wanted to bring up before we forget. So, do you think that your your ability to download this chapter and this book so quickly had anything to do with? Not only the clairvoyant that you saw that obviously opened something up, but your previous near-death experiences. Yeah, yeah. See, the the thing is, let me go back to when I was a little tiny kid. I had two near-death experiences. One when I was born. the The doctor that uh, when I was born, my I, there was something wrong with my body, and the doctor did some operation on it, but he, he was a drunk. He didn't do a very good job. This was in uh, Rapid City, South Dakota. Well, this were, um, anyhow, um, what happens is I'm out of the body now, and I'm wandering around the hospital. All of a sudden, I hear, I see all these nurses running in. My, my mother is screaming and hollering. She said, you've got to go find out what's, what's wrong with Dan. He's dying. You know, she was getting the uh, inputs from from her higher self that he, something was wrong with my body. So they ran into the crib, and my body I had lost about half of my blood. I don't know how I was even still alive. And they they give me a transfusion or something, and then and of course then I was back in the body, and um, I, I I I I didn't understand what had happened really. You know, I, all I knew was I was out of the body, and my mom was creating a big stink in the hospital. That was the first NDE. Well, the next NDE was when I was eight years old, and and that was due to getting carbon monoxide poisoning from an old car that my one of my brother older brothers had. And well, what happened was we were going out of the town, and uh, 
they, they, dad, my dad and my brother Roy got sick, and they pulled over. I was in the back seat of this old Oldsmobile limousine that had the floorboards leaking. And um, I was outside of the body, and my, my dad and my brother were out there heaving their guts out in the field by the car. And they finally realized that I was still in the car. So they ran out, and I watched them pull my body out of the car. And uh, they did, you know, artificial respiration like they did back then. They couldn't revive me. They, they tried and everything. You know, they didn't know about a lot of us, how they do today. And so they rolled the windows down. They hopped back in the car and went back into Sturgis. And they took me to old Dr. Smiley. This is this guy. This is the doctor's actual name, Dr. Smiley. <laughs> and Smiley, Smiley is an old, you know, family doctor. He was a good guy. And, and I was in. The, I was following the car, you know. And they were they roaring back. It's big dust clouds and stuff and going out. And I was following this car. And they got to Doctor Smiley's office, and they they hauled me in there. And uh, Smiley tried several things. He couldn't revive me. And I was standing over on the side watching Smiley and and uh, Dad and my brother Roy. And they were all fretting about it and, and trying trying to figure out how to revive me. Then I watched this doctor. He had, he got this big hypodermic needle. It must have been about a foot long, probably more like three, four inches. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a little tiny kid. And uh, he, I was laying on this gurney, and uh, the doctor uh, to, had put something in this hypodermic, and he jammed the needle down into my chest, you know, probably right into the heart, and probably gave me an adrenaline shot. And next thing I knew, I'm in my body and I'm heaving my guts out and stuff like that. Well, it turns out, if you've ever done a lot of research on NDEs, which I have since I've had them, uh-huh. there was a book written about what are the long-term effects of someone who who had an NDE or a series, several of them when they were very young. And this uh, psychologist found out that uh, I mean, he interviewed, I think, hundreds of people, and you know that had, that had had NDEs when they were young, and they all had certain characteristics depending on the intensity of the NDE. So the the basic bottom line is that that an NDE uh, changes you. Like uh, my NDEs. The NDEs, when you're young, burns out a lot of the crappy patterns you pick up when you come through the birth channel. These, uh, see, the, the way we were originally designed was your, your parents were these pristine, extremely high-level people tuned into the universe, had all their powers and things like that. So when they had a child, uh, the child came through all of these wonderful patterns and picked them up. That was the way it was designed. Well, nowadays, some some poor kids born in a, you know, the ghetto with um, with a druggy mother and a crazy father, and they pick up all these horrible patterns that these people had. So it's it's really a problem for them to ever evolve to a higher level of consciousness. Hmm. Well, what the NDE does is it breaks the cycle. It breaks the cycle of what happens 
when you come through that birth channel. It gets rid of all a lot of those crappy patterns. All of this junk that you picked up from your parents gets burned out. Because, um, and, and if you've ever been around people, I mean, my my parents, my friend, all thought I was just some weird guy. Um, they called me creepy in school when I was in grade school because I was so different. You know, when you can look at somebody and know everything about them, it gets pretty, pretty creepy to them. So this, what what happened is, is when I was young, I was really interested in, in what had happened to me and what, what makes the universe tick. And so uh, by the time I was 11 years old, I had gone through all of the chemistry and physics books <laughs> for high school. And, um, you know, I was, I hadn't even gone to high school yet. You know, my parent, my mother could see that I, you know, I was a fairly bright kid. So she bought chemistry sets and gave me books and, you know, uh, the Harvard classics and, and you name it, I did, uh, encyclopedias and stuff. So I went through a lot of this stuff. So I was really interested in science. So when I got to high school, you know, I thought, well, I'm going to learn a lot of good stuff. So I I, I, uh, I found out that that I did, that I was already uh, knew everything that was going to talk about in high school. I was you know, taking uh, chemistry and physics was like uh, reviewing uh, stuff I already knew. And I thought, well, you know, this, this high school, you know, I mean, in grade school, high school, you're not going to learn much because they think you're some dumb kid. And so they're they're pumping this stuff to you, spoon feeding it to you, and, and uh, boring the hell out of you. And uh, I thought, well, when I when I get to college, I'm going to get the pure world. They're going to really teach me how the universe functions. So I get to get to um, get to college, and I start taking physics and chemistry and mechanics and a bunch of other stuff. I was majoring in electrical engineering at the time. Yeah, it was the same stuff, except in more detail than I knew in high school. Mm -hmm. And so I, I had, due to my NDEs and things, I had experiences with higher beings. Yeah. And um, so I knew that, that God existed. I, I didn't understand it at that time. I, I had looked at a lot of things, but I, I just didn't understand it. But so, so in my simple-minded way for a kid, I prayed to God to show me how the universe really functions. And that's what's happened my whole life, is that the, 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 these great masters, or uh, whatever you want to call them, these great beings, have uh, gradually dumped the concept of how the universe is over the years, like the last... 50, 60 years has been going on. Well, what's... So that, what's so really... That, that's kind of... Pardon? Go, keep going. Sorry. That's kind of... I didn't... Pardon? That's kind of... You were just going to say? Um, so ba basically, the, the shape art discoveries were like the first jump off. I, I had studied all kinds of things I had met uh, because of that little simple-minded prayer when I was a kid. I had met some of the most fantastic people you can imagine. I mean, they, people that were not known to public, but 
people who taught me stuff. They had libraries and things that uh, did not, you know, you you um, you know, they had, they had spent a lifetime collecting alternative science stuff. Yeah, and so I was availed of all of this to study it, and um, plus all of the experiments and things that they had done. So I had I uh, so while I was going to college, I carried on a full time research in alternative science. And when I finally got out of school and went to work, I uh, got myself equipment, started experimenting and doing stuff and learning more. But um, and probably, I probably did, you know, at least a thousand experiments during this time. And the the net result uh, was sort of when, when this uh, breakthrough came where the shape power stuff it was like everything gelled and started to come into focus. I was just going to say that. It's like you had to learn all this stuff and go through all this stuff since you were at 11. You know, loading loading yourself up so that it was there, so that you could actually, you know, articulate that when the download sort of happened. Um, and yeah. then you could put it out yeah. in paper. It's like It's like a... Like when an athlete, like a pro athlete has to practice for 10,000 hours, let's say they say, right? Like you put so much time in and then when you're in the moment and you're flowing, all that experience comes through. And it's like, that's what you prepared yourself for all those years. Yes, that's exactly right. Uh, Keeley said it in, in one of his diatribes back in the late 1800s. He said, every scientist... And the researcher has to go through a period of what he called dead work. I ah. mean, you just got to you just got to wade through all this this stuff of the past and and uh, kind of get it under your belt so that you can make the next leap from that. Yeah, exactly. Even subconsciously, and, right? It's not like you're extracting it on purpose. It's just all there for your for the taking. Yeah. So you see, so you 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 absorb all of this stuff. And then the then the, these great beings, the mass, this, I call them the centered masses. They start giving you the real pure quill about how it all fits together. Wow! And so the first thing that happened was this um, shape power book. Well, then the next thing that happened um, was uh, this. Um, I uh, I get visions, you know. So some stuff, oh, yeah, you know, I'll be waking up in the morning and I'm not really on the body and they'll show me stuff. Because, mm -hmm. you know, you'll pick it up and remember it. And they, they show, uh, I, what had happened is I had been going up to Tucson and we'd go up there shopping and we'd go to the uh, temple up there. And uh, I'd go visit Joe Blankenship. He was into alternative science too, and he really liked all the shape arts that we used to talk about it for hours. And uh, he he was into uh, gemology. He was a real big collector of uh, gems and jewels and crystals, crystals and yeah. stuff. Yeah, especially crystals. And he was always giving me these nice crystals, and then said, "He says, I know you'll find something to do with these." And I, I had I had not a clue then. So one of the Saturdays we were coming back home, and I was sitting there in the passenger side. My wife was driving, and uh, I was holding these crystals. And I said, "What am I supposed to do with these crystals? You know, <laughs> what am I supposed to? 
What am I supposed to learn from? That's all I did. I mean, I did. this was no big I'm grinding away and trying to get some guidance. I just said, you know, wonder what, what am I, you know, what, what's the deal with these crystals? Well, the next morning as I'm waking up, I get this vision flashed in my brain. An absolute, complete device with the crystal, coils, a microcomputer, battery, the whole nine yards. It was all flashed in my brain. And um, then, of course, I woke up and and I jotted down some notes on it saying, you know, you got to write stuff for now, so you don't forget what's happened all the time. Yeah, yeah. And I told my wife about it, and she said, well, you know, my knees have really been bothering me. Especially this one knee has been hurting me. She said, why don't you make this thing? Because you got all the stuff to do it, and try it, try it on my knee. <laughs> wow! So I said, okay. So so I spent two three days building this thing and then fixing the crystal and the coils and all the electronics and stuff. And I took it into her, and uh, she turned it on and pointed it at her knee for about three four minutes, and the pain went away. I mean, just like that. Wow. And I thought, wow, this is weird, weird. And uh, uh, fantastic. I, you know, they basically showed me how to build this healing machine. They didn't tell me anything about it. They just showed me the machine. So, um, so I did a lot of studying on it and things. And uh, I built a few of these. I built one of them for a lady up in uh, Tucson. She was into alternative healing and uh, Reiki and a couple of other things. <clears throat> so uh, I built her one of these wands. I call it a healing wand. And um, she took it home and she played around with it. And uh, there was, she didn't have anything wrong with her. But she had a neighbor, this uh, couple, and the, the, he, she loaned it to the wife because the husband had had a back surgery about six months before. And this guy, this poor guy had been in constant pain for six months. I mean, he couldn't sleep, he couldn't do anything, he couldn't move around, anything he did, it hurt like hell. And so she loaned him this healing wand, and the, the wife treated the husband with it every day, and at the end of two weeks, the back was back to normal and healed perfectly. Wow. This is the kind of stuff it does. So, so and it's a tough. Okay, go ahead and ask your question. Well, it, it's just about that. It's it's from Clint actually. He wanted us to ask about crystal healing and and how you think it works and and the best healing wand to make. So when he when I was reading that question, I had no idea it would be like this complex healing wand with coils and and electrical circuits and stuff like that. But can you also just talk about, I guess, crystals. In general, um, if there's any shapes or, or wand types and, and wh- how you think it works? Okay. Let's go back to the basic electron model, electron-proton model. Yeah. you got a you got a torus zipping around, and you've got this um, energy that's flowing through at the ether. Why is that... Electron sustained. Now you know if you're sitting there and you're blowing smoke rings, they eventually dissipate. You know, they, even though the thing is the forces 
don't last and they, they dissipate. Well, the electron's got like a 70 million year half cycle. Now, it's not going to deteriorate ever, period. I mean, you, you know, hell's going to freeze over before that thing uh, uh, deteriorates. <clears throat> so that was one of the big questions. Why does it, why is it sustained? It turns out that these, that up the food giant, uh, food chain, beyond beyond Jesus level. I mean, like Saint Germain and Jesus. Some of these beings. Someone asked Saint Germain. He says, "He says, how how far does this evolution go?" And Saint Germain said, "I know beings as far above me as I am above an ant." Okay. Uh, yeah. That's that's a that's a fact. I've seen some of these great beings, and I've I've met them. They've, they've man. I mean, you you can't believe some of the stuff that they these things. You know how they operate. I mean, we're, we're little ants compared to them. But anyway, up the food chain, uh, food chain, past the sun to the galaxy is a great being. And this great being sustains this entire galaxy and radiates patterns of perfection out through the whole galaxy to be used by conscious beings like us, like these masters. And that those patterns are what sustain. One of the patterns is, a, is an electron. And the electron is sustained by this pattern as it gets energized and constantly energized by the universe. That's why uh, the electron exists as it's an evolving being now once it gets created. And it's going to go through a whole life cycle. The the great being that created our sun um, said that the destiny of every electron, if it wants, is to become a sun. Oh, I love that. Like, isn't that a fantastic statement? Because it's, so yeah, it's, it's yeah, go, keep going. And and we're, we're in that evolutionary chain, that spiritual evolutionary chain. We're in that chain that's going, that's, you know, we're obviously way beyond electrons. We're way beyond these elemental beings that create a lot of stuff in nature. Uh, we're not ascended yet, like uh, beloved Jesus, and great master, Saint Germain, and Katumi, and Buddha, and uh, Moria, and all some of these other great beings. I mean, there's some, uh, there's a lot, there's lots of known beings out there that are, you know, really great masters that we know about. So, so what's happened is, is that as we evolve, we build up our capabilities. That's what we're doing. And as long as these capabilities are constructive, they, they're sustained by the natural perfection of the universe because these, these, these patterns are part of that flame, that, that those patterns that radiate out from the center of the galaxy. So those patterns that we develop are maintained by this perfection. 
So as we evolve up the chain, uh, we, we accumulate more and more of this perfection. Now, I call this pattern, these, this aggregated set of patterns that flow out of the center of the galaxy, the master power flame. And there, there's a reason for that. I'll get into that, you know, if you want to keep going with this stuff. But the, <clears throat> the master power flame has all the patterns to create perfection, uh, to create a perfect universe. Okay. And yeah, you know, and, and here at this level, we look around. It doesn't look like a very perfect universe. We got all these crime and <laughs> and all these hate, hate and the bad vibes and the and nasty crime stuff going on and things. Well, that's not part of the universe. It's eventually going to get cleaned up and cleaned out. I mean, it's going to go away. You got terrorists. They're going to they're going to be gone. There will be no terrorism. You know, eventually. But uh, in the meantime, we're down here learning our lessons. You know, I, I've had a bunch of stinking lessons that, that really bugged me. What the heck out of me? You know, I've got health problems that I've overcome. I've had things like, like let me give you a, a really interesting example okay. of karma. Yeah. You know, karma is actually the result of misqualified energy or uh, bad energy that you've got that you're clinging on to or doing something wrong. Now, a few years back, we were up in uh, Phoenix at a conference, and uh, uh, the break for the conference, we had to go, you know, go get lunch. So we went up to, we went into Sweet Tomatoes to get, uh, you know, kind of a salad of uh, all kinds of different foods, and you've probably been to one of them. There, I think they're all over the country. And it, we were in line, we were, we were picking up all the salad stuff. And we get down there to the cash register, and there's a nice, pretty girl taking our money. And there's a there's a kid working there helping the the cash girl. He's he's obviously a Muslim. And I thought, oh shit, another goddamn Muslim here in the United States going to be a terrorist. And I never thought another thought about it. And uh, we took our food and went in there and then started eating. We were in the in the room. And I get finished with the food, and then you can go get dessert. You know, you get all kinds of stuff for dessert. And so I went up and got some dessert, and I was coming back to the table uh, to where my wife was sitting. And there was this uh, manager of the restaurant, and he had this uh, little boy helping him, nice kid. And uh, the manager told the Muslim kid to go get some. So he, the kid turned around and started walking off. And I was walking into the room, and the, the kid wasn't paying a lot of attention, and I obviously wasn't either. And his shoe kicked my foot. I was wearing sandals. He he kicked he, the kick hit my big toenail, and flipped it off. Oh, talk about hurt like heck! Uh, you know they called the paramedics and all this hoorah, and uh, they ended up paying getting the toenail fixed, but I, I sat down and I really thought about this and I said, you know, that was because of my bad thoughts and feelings about this nice kid that had somehow gone to the United States and was working in a constructive job and trying to better himself. Uh, and it really taught me this lesson, not to have bad feelings about people. Yeah. 
Yeah, you should be blessing every blessing everybody and everything. Yeah. And of course, the the few interfaces I've had with these great beings that are up the food chain is that there is no negativity. Everything is, you know, there is so much love and peace and purity and uh, power and consciousness of perfection. It, there's there's nothing of the negative in it. So and so so one of the lessons is that if you want to make the grade, you better get rid of your bad feelings about stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's good. To otherwise, know. otherwise, the karma is going to come out and bite you. <laughs> <laughs> so so how about um, how do crystals fit into that? Then are are crystals sort of like the epitome of the master power flame, like the pattern of that perfection? Okay. At the core of every uh, proton and electron is the master power flame flowing through it. So, really, your body is built of all these uh, chemicals and stuff that have protons and electrons. And you got little beings that are, whose job it is to take the perfection that is flowing through these protons and electrons and keep your body in good shape and stuff, as long as you don't have bad feelings and, and uh, disqualify the energy and then make yourself get old and decrepit and, and uh, eventually kick yourself off. But they, uh, that's, that's, where you, that's where this perfection comes from, is that is the protons and electrons flowing through. There's only stable particles, so that's where they got to come from. There's no other particles that are stable. You know, you can say, you can say a, a neutron is... is um, it is a stable particle. Last fifteen minutes, if you want to call fifteen minutes stable. But the the thing is, the <clears throat> the proton and electrons have this radiance of perfection always flowing through them, and that radiance is a master power flame. It just flows through the protons and the electrons. So at the crystal level, let's say you got a simple crystal like. Uh, like your um, quartz, like so clear quartz. Cor- your quartz is silicon dioxide. All right, it's got two chemicals. It's got a bunch of protons and electrons in it. And so if you know how to stimulate the crystal, it will radiate out in a beam the master power flame. Huh. That's how simple it is. So these people that think, you know, the crystal has all these heating powers and stuff. Well, it does have heating powers, but so does everything else. But unless you know how to stimulate and and, uh, energize and focus those patterns, then it's not going to do any good. So how do you do that? that, Is that something you can do with multiple different ways or? No, you don't need a laser. um, I, I made all kinds of discoveries after this, but... Basically, the vision for the uh, healing wand is that the, uh, the coil around the crystal and the voltage that goes through it, you got to have the voltage in the right direction, it stimulates and pushes the master power flame out through as a beam of light. So if you've got somebody that you point this healing wand as, you know, as a lightsaber, <laughs> You point this lightsaber, this heating saber, at someone, that master power flame is going to go into their body. 
Now, you got you got to get into the structure of the body of why it heals. Mm-hmm. In in the first place, you got four lower bodies. You got a physical body, mental body, emotional body, and etheric body. Mm-hmm. And each of those are made from the substance of those levels. You know, the physical is made from physical matter. Yeah. The uh, mental body is made from the finest substance of the theory, another theory realm. Uh, what realm is it? Yeah, the etheric realm. It's made from the finest substance of the etheric realm. And the emotional body is made from the finest substance of the water element. So you got air, earth, water, fire, and the fire is the etheric element. Okay, the etheric body was made by your higher self. Everybody's got a higher self. Yeah. The higher self made the physical body. It made it, but it made it through via the uh, master power. The etheric etheric body has all of the patterns of perfection for your physical body and your other bodies. And so what your higher self does is it gathers the suns from these four realms and it builds the first three bodies, the mental, emotional, etheric bodies. And at that point, the, the being that is you without a physical body can now manifest in a physical body. And so you you can choose to manifest in in a physical body. So your uh, so your parents uh, build the build and you know the they build the matrix and your higher self actually helps you build a physical body with all of the patterns of uh, good plus your karma. For example, uh, people wonder you know why was this Joe Shimolian born blind or crippled or something. Well, those were patterns that were built by that person, Joe Shimolian, in a previous existence. And so those patterns are are still hanging around him, and until he dissipates that negative energy, he's going to have problems. Hmm. Now, there, there's a solution to all of this, very simple. The, one of the patterns, well, some of the patterns, there are several of them. One of the patterns in the master power flame is, a, is what's the violet ray. You know, you've probably studied yoga, maybe, and there's like uh, seven rays. Well, the violet ray is one of them. Well, one of the qualities of the violet ray is that it transmutes other um, Transmutes negative patterns. So if he uses violet ray, you can transmute these, these negative things like Joe Shimolin can, can call to his higher self to transmute this negative energy and eventually perfect himself and, and go to a higher level. Huh. And that, that's, that, that, that's basically the process of it. Now, the healing ray from the, uh, the master power flame healing ray from the healing wand intensifies the pattern of the etheric body. And by intensifying the pattern of the etheric body, it affects the other, uh, the physical body. And so by 
my wife pointing that uh, healing wand at her knee, the pattern of the knee in the etheric body manifested perfection in her knees. And that's how healing was meant to take place. You know, you you if you studied the Bible, I studied the Bible seven ways, and it makes sense all of them if you accept the basic premise of each each of the seven ways. Mm. So, so the Bible is, isn't any anything. There's there's a lot of simpler stuff to study. But um, the you talk, you know, in the New Testament, there, there's a few things that they they got that Jesus talked about was that you know he healing healed these people, you know, nearly instantly, and what he did. As an adept, an adept is somebody that's a master of this level. What he did was an ad, as an adept was put through so much of the uh, master power flame, the, the violet flame energy into the uh, illness that it transmuted the energy and the perfection of the etheric body manifested healing in the physical body. Hmm. That's how it all takes place. This whole thing comes in with all with all thoughts together. No, I like the way you describe it. It makes it makes it makes sense. It makes sense on an intuitive level, and it seems to make sense on a physical level too. I mean, I've we've talked about Reiki and all this energy healing a lot as well, and and crystals. So it, it's nice to hear a, a sort of a, a coherent description of of how it works. Yeah, yeah, right. Like Reiki is 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 pumping this. Uh, energy into the physical body, and it's intensifying the patterns of perfection and, and healing the physical body. That's right. how Reiki works. Yeah, yeah. That's how all these. Yeah, that's all these work. So, all so, the same way. So, Dan, Dan, say, staying on the same vein. I mean, I've got all these questions in my head. I want to ask you about some of your newer work as well. Like we started at the, you know, at the at the the power, uh, the shape power, but. Another thing that Clint, one of our listeners who recommended you, is is asking about, and this is really interesting, I'm sure Darren has uh, lots to say about this as well, is that at the end of your Shape Power book, on uh, page 141, there's uh, three sacred energy movements. Um, so oh, you've got, you've, you've, yeah, you've got a chapter there on energy movements. Um, do, yeah. you, do you use them, and, and could you, uh, have you, has he found anything more effective? And could he go into okay, it? Okay, yeah, the, so. the, 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 the sacred energy movement. That was another vision. That, that was an interesting thing too. How I got those. I was um, I was at work one day, and the uh, person that was in charge of this project, and I uh, went to the went to a meeting. Uh, was a was a luncheon where they were saying goodbye to one of the guys, and. Uh, the, the luncheon was kind of boring and the food was lousy. And so we came back and I was working at the desk and uh, this person who was in charge of the project had their, uh, their computers. They were working on them and stuff. And I had to go to the bathroom. So I got up and went down and went to the bathroom in this facility. And as I was coming up to the bathroom, this this one guy... I'm walking out, and he said, you're the problem with this whole blankety-blank stuff. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, you caused me to get kicked off of the computers with the, uh, that project. And I said, I, I never kicked you. I said, you know, who's in charge of it? I, I'm not in control of that. Well, he got mad, and he knocked me down on the ground. 
And this is, there was no, this was the lunch hour, nobody around. And I was down on the ground, and then uh, he was ready to smash me again. And out comes the secretary of the manager for the whole, for that whole facility. And she said, what the hell is going on here? And uh, he said, this guy said, he says, well, I just helped him get off the floor. And I said, well, please note that uh, he just knocked me down and he was getting ready to plug me again. So she runs out the door and gets the manager that was in the, the car to come back in and, and, and get things settled. So um, one of the things that I, I, I wondered, why did this happen? I have never, I mean, I've been in, in, I've worked in dozens of companies. I'm a consultant across the United States at the time. And I've never had anybody assault me at work. I mean, it was an unheard of thing. And this is really unusual. And so I said, you know, I really need to get more protection. I need to be able to protect myself with energy and stuff. That's all I said. The next morning, I was out of the body, up in this realm. And these great beings, I mean, they were, they were being like 10, 12 feet tall, radiating light. And they, they said, we're going to show you a few things. Huh. And the, the, the main being said, and he, he waved his hand, he said, there's a green energy that flows across the earth. It's been put there recently that flows from the south pole to the north pole. It follows the, the magnetic lines. And he showed me this energy, and then he said, and then he gave me this scooping exercise to do for it. The next thing, I'm back in the body. I said, well, that's cool. So I wrote this thing down, and my wife and I started doing this, uh, this scoops exercise. Well, then, about a month later, I had another vision. I was out of the body, and this great being says, and we're going, you know, and he showed me another energy. That's how I got those four exercises that are in that book. So they're, they're called uh, scoops, right? Snips, sweeps, and, and uh, what's the And cutter. Are yeah. diagrams? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, uh, diagrams? The, those are uh, they're very interesting exercises. The green energy does exist. This um, this clairvoyant person, uh, I told them about it, and uh, so they they live near a golf course. So, you, so they got a she got up one morning and and uh, saw this energy. Is there is a green energy flowing across? Did did you? And she says, and, Pardon? Uh, oh, geez. Okay, continue on. Sorry, I've got a couple questions, but continue on. Well, anyway, there is a green energy. It has a, a wavelength. It's actually a wave, like a wave that, you know, like you're looking at the ocean. It's got these big rollers that are coming in. And the wavelength looked like it was about uh, 18, 20, 22 inches. And so I, I wrote all this stuff down. And we were able to label, uh, I was able to verify this wavelength. A bunch of research done by uh, a guy named Dr. Larry Babcock. Babcock uh, study uh, was a um, PhD in geology, and he, he did a bunch of studies up in the 
uh, iron range in Minnesota or somewhere up there where they have all this iron stuff. And uh, he noticed that there was all these layers of earth, you know, earth, you know, uh, different types of layers. And so he, he did a study, you know, up in that area and some others, and found out that there was a common uh, uh, wavelength or uh, a distance of, the, uh, of these layers. And it turned out that it was this same distance that flows this energy from north to south, this green energy, about 22 inches or so. Huh. Have you ever heard so, of... So we, we have an exact size of this. And it turns out that, that this uh, wavelength is also something that came from the ancient Hindu stuff. There is a uh, ancient science called Vastu, V-A-S-T-U, that was uh, part of the Hindu science back 30, 40,000 years ago. And they have certain uh, lengths that they use to build the temples for the Hindu Indian temples. And they use these wavelengths in the building of these temples. And they're all related to this other wavelength of this energy that flows across the earth. And it, it's amazing how much of this stuff all falls together. Yeah. I mean, I could talk for yeah I mean, for, for days days about this. I mean, wild correlations. Uh, I mean, here's something forty thousand years ago that correlates to something I got today, and and the guy named Babcock got it here when he was doing his PhD thesis. Yeah, yeah. Have you heard of the green flash when when the sun sets on a perfect horizon with no interference of clouds or anything? As soon as the sun sets over that horizon, there's a big green flash. Yeah, I've seen that. We, Have we you? Were, yeah, we were living out in the South Pacific, and a couple of times uh, as the sunset would drop over, you know, you would drop over the horizon. And so we were on an island, so we'd drop down in the ocean. Yeah. And you'd see this green flash coming across the country, um, across the whole earth. Wow. It's amazing. It wow. does exist. So the and, other... And what, Go ahead. Well, the other thing I want to mention uh, is, did you know that these movements that you're talking about is really interesting because it, it's something that just came into the mainstream uh, culture with this TV show. And it sounds like sounds like it's based on your experience. I mean, these people are having uh, near able to do healing near, with a couple of the movements. Yeah, near death experiences, and they come away with meeting a like a, a being. It's a person, but a being, and they come back with these movements, and they all do these movements together, and they heal, and they they basically trying to find the fifth movement to open up this dimensional uh, open up this dimensional doorway. I, uh, yeah, I'm not quite following you. Is, is, so, is it some new phenomenon that's happening? Well, it's a t- it's a really popular TV show. Like Darren and I have both watched it. It's called uh, OA, but it sounds like it's based on your experience. It's amazing to me the correlation. Like stealing your info. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let, let me tell you something. These writers call me up and ask me questions, and then <laughs> I find then I find out two years later that they've written the TV show based on the goofy stuff I've been working on. No way. Really? <laughs> so it could be, I don't know. I don't have TV. 
Uh, I've got a TV, but uh, but all I've got is a, a DVD to play play old movies or something on. Uh, we had the TV shut off from uh, cable because it was so much garbage coming in. Was, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you would like, like it though. I mean, I'm telling you, this show is is based on on your thing, like the NDEs, the movements, and, it, and it's quite amazing. I mean, you would really, I think you would really get a kick out of the show. But yeah, I, I know what you mean about the TV. Yeah. Well, if I see the show, what was the name of it again? O A. Actually, it's it's on Netflix, and it's just the two letters O A. That's the O A. Yeah, that's the what sort is- of the name of the person. Like when when she meets this person in this other dimension through a near death experience, she comes back with the name O A. Like O A. It's really interesting. Oh. Yeah. Huh. No, I haven't seen it. I'm. Uh, I, I'll keep an eye on it for it. Oh, hey. Well, if, you, yeah. if, you, if you don't have Netflix, you can borrow my Netflix account to watch it. <laughs> oh, maybe I shouldn't say that yeah, on it, there. It, it, it's interesting that, you see, what is happening is that the Earth is moving into a higher vibration area of the universe. You know, we, we evolve uh, 27,000 years around yeah, the, yeah, the, great year. Um, the ecliptic. Yeah. yeah. And we're we're coming into an area of higher vibration. Um, these cycles were all known by the uh, ancient uh, yogis and the Hindus. The the the, the cycles are uh, the yugas. Yugas. Yeah. Y u g a s. Yugas. And we've just come out of Kali Yuga, um, like ten twenty years ago, and we're starting to see an uplift in consciousness and things. And it's doing two things. One is that these higher energies are putting a lot of pressure on people to change. And, of course, we've got the groups. uh, we got the fundamentalist groups in uh, Christianity, and we got the fundamentalist guys in uh, the Koran. And they're all resisting these changes because they're going to have to move to a higher level of consciousness. They're going to have to give up a lot of their fixed beliefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Bible isn't the Word of God. It's got so many errors in it, I can't count them all. And I don't think anybody could either. And the Quran is the same way. The Quran is, is actually a conglomeration of books that were a part of the Bible. You know, I, I studied, you know, back there in the 60s, I studied every single religion on this planet as if I was going to live it. And I tell you, I learned a lot of stuff, but um, like anything, um, the net result was that uh, I got shown the next level. I kept moving on up like like I was being pushed up the ladder. And and, uh, that's the way it happened. Uh, It was a rather interesting experience. Like I had this, this one friend of mine Larry Wilson was always dribbling out stuff about, <laughs> um, like Keeley or yeah. Tesla, yeah, or 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 positive thinking, and so he would have some book that was kind of a summary of it, and and so I would read this thing, and I would I would have all kinds of correlations of that with stuff else, and uh, the next thing I know, I find another book that's already been done. Somebody's already done it out there, so I. So I, never, I gave up this writing of books, and I just 
studied myself uh, wherever I could find information. So, Dan, do you think that um, speaking of the Earth going through the end of the Great Year and the Kali Yuga, um, do you think that has anything to do and and the change in in consciousness and people people waking up or that shift you were talking about? Do you think that has anything to do with the Schumann resonance yeah. going way up, or are you aware that the Schumann resonance has has gone up? Uh, well, I'll talk about it in a minute. I need to go make a pit stop. Okay. Okay, Darren, I'm back. Okay, we're here. Welcome okay, back. Okay, well, okay. What was the last question? Well, it was about the uh, the Earth moving through the Kali Yuga and the you know and and the galaxy and and whether that had something to do with and did you know that apparently the Schumann resonance has gone way up? Okay, the, the, the Schumann resonance hadn't gone up. That's a lot of BS. I did a, a, a research on this, and the Schumann resonance is due to radio waves that bounce off the, uh, I think it's the ionosphere, as it uh, uh, as a radio wave goes around the Earth, and that's the Schumann resonance. Huh. It's like there's a cavity between the ionosphere and the Earth, and that's a fairly fixed amount. I mean, it, it, the the the, this, the cavity changes uh, the higher to lower during the day and night because of the Earth's ionization from the sun. But the basic frequency doesn't change. And so all of these uh, so-called scientists claim that the Schumann <clears throat> resonance is changing is all BS. It's my personal humble opinion. Wow, humble, humble. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe they're trying to make a case for like harp and chemtrails or something like that affecting the ionosphere. Well, I'm wondering, what I'm wondering is if it could be could it be affected by <laughs> gravity? No, like if something no, it's, big it's was an ionization. It's a, the the ion is an ionization phenomena. You get this layer of ionization up there, and they. Radio waves bounce off the ionization, and they bounce off the Earth, and you get to go bouncing around the Earth. Huh. And, and, and trying to correlate to a lot of these things, these people think they, they've got the handle on stuff, and they've really never researched it. You know, if you, you, uh, it's like people saying that gravity is uh, changing. Well, it's been changing up and down for the last billion years that the Earth's been here, like four billion years. And the, gra- the gravity is due to the amount of uh, etheric energy that the Earth gets. So if you pump the Earth with a lot of etheric energy, it's going to affect the gravity field. Hmm. You know, it, uh, you can build a flying saucer based on these principles that I just told you. So if does- you, can get a ma- you can get a material lined up uh, crystal-wise, you can create an anti-gravity effect. Now, I've done it in the lab, not, it's not very much, but uh, because you, you need to do some uh, really fancy engineering to, to build that type of crystal. Yeah. You know, yeah. nano crystals and stuff. Yeah. So with that. But, uh, so this um, this thing that the magnetic field is uh, is changing, it changes up and down over the years. You, you can take a look at 
these layers of uh, material that get deposited on the earth as the earth grows. And then during all of these 4 billion years, the magnetic field has had a number of different orientations. And so, yeah, the, the magnetic field is changing. The gravity field doesn't change too much, except that the Earth's getting bigger. See, everything grows. The Earth is a growing entity, basically. You know, the Gaia theory is, is not too far off. It's kind of silly the way they've done it. But, but the Earth is a growing entity. It's a, as it grows bigger and bigger, it's going to become a sun. Is that due to pair <clears throat> production? Pardon? How how is how how does it grow? Is it uh, just through gathering material, or is it growing through some other sort of uh, means from the inside out? It's doing both. Um, it's it's grow, growing bigger because of the accretion of the material of the earth. The earth uh, grows about an inch a year. Uh, this is kind of a rough rule of thumb. The uh, there was a guy, um, PhD in Germany. I was thinking of the guy's name. I can't think of it all. He's a friend of mine. I've met him at Carver's and we've talked about this stuff. Uh, <clears throat> but basically, he's come up with a new theory for the Earth. Now, he's saying that there is an energy, he thinks it's these neutrinos come zipping through the Earth, and they focus into the center. And they, his idea is that the Earth's a hollow ball. A hollow ball. Yeah. And, of course, this is the old hollow Earth theory, and it's coming back again. But this guy's yeah. got the math for it, the whole nine yards. Yeah. I mean, it's really a nice, nice layout. It sounds like the electric and, uh, universe theory that we've talked about on the show. Or the hollow Earth theory. Yeah, or we, the growing yeah, Earth we, theory. Yeah. Yeah, 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 the Earth's growing. For example, uh, take... Take Jupiter. It's a huge planet, and it has it has got to the point where it emits more energy than it takes in from the sun. Huh. And our scientists can't figure out how this happens. Well, the simple fact is that when you get enough mass together, you're going you're going to get some uh, nuclear things happening, and so you're going to start creating more energy out than in. You know, you got a neutron, proton, and all this inner reaction. I forget the name of it. I mean, I've forgotten more physics than I ever knew. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> so Jupiter's putting out more energy than it's putting in. It's basically a sun already. It just haven't uh, gotten real bright. You know, it's a bright star out there as far as Elias uh, Albino goes, but it's... Um, it's not like our our sun in the center of our solar system. And as this, as the planet uh, the planet grows, it'll eventually be, uh, it moves out into other orbits and will eventually become uh, a sun in itself and create start creating its own planetary solar system, system. Yeah, solar system. Yeah. 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 Yeah, creating its own solar system like ours, like we live in. Uh, everything's growing. It's a growing universe. There, there was an ancient, not ancient, it was about 1800, uh, Disraeli. He was a English 
philosopher, politician, and probably BS expert of some kind. <laughs> and, and he came out with this statement. He said, the, um, the universe is a, uh, let's see, how did he put it? I'm going to get this right. The universe is a machine for growing gods. Yeah, that's not that. If you really think about it and start understanding how things are going, that was probably the most profound statement that anybody's made for hundreds of years. The universe is a machine for making gods. Are we the gods? (laughs) Well, we will be because he's saying everything expands, everything grows, including us, right? Like every lifetime, every learning. So our energy, so eventually we'll all become gods and and our electron will become a sun and Jupiter will become its own, you know, the center of its own solar system. Yeah, everything keeps growing like that. So I wonder if life everywhere eventually turns out to be human. That was an interesting thing yeah. I was thinking about the other day about someone had sent in how disappointed Graham's going to be when he figures out that all aliens are just humans on different planets. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we're back to the Schumann resonance. Do you, do you understand what I what I was saying about yeah. that? It doesn't really change that much. Yeah, definitely. It's like the yeah, and the the magnetic field is the same thing. It it goes up and down and changes, and uh, has changed many times over the last four billion years. Of these different layers, and that—that that was one of the things that uh, Doctor Badcock came out. With. Sorry, Badcock guy mm-hmm. was uh, how the Earth is growing, and this um, this physicist in Germany. I don't know. I can't think of his name. Uh, he says the same thing. He, what he did was he had some of his grad students get one of these big weather balloons, you know, round weather balloons, mm-hmm. and they they drew all the continents on them, and uh, blew it they up. They drew them like they drew them like the uh, Pangea. You know, Pangea is this big landmass that was the, uh, the uh, you know the, the big all the continents together. Yeah. All of the continents together. Yeah, I'm trying to, trying to think of the words. Thank you very super yeah. continent. Uh, the so so when you blow this balloon up, Pangea breaks up and looks like where the Earth is right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we did a show all about the Growing Earth Theory with Neil Adams. He's actually done a really good job on his YouTube channel of really visualizing it on not only on Earth, but on like Mars the and the moons of Jupiter. Europa. Like, yeah. He does a really good job of doing it on Europa. Yeah, he does it on a bunch of different planets. Yeah, I know. It's just fantastic, all of this stuff. I think I got, you know, guys like you doing a nice show like this and bringing all these nutcases like me in <laughs> to talk about our crazy discoveries. Oh, I it love is wake, waking people up. I mean, there, there's got to be a lot of wonderful people out there that are asking all these questions, and and hopefully you bring in some of us that can answer a few things for them that will help them along the path to, to their own uh, self-mastery and uh, spiritual evolution. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. And, and the thing it's, is... It's, uh, the, the the great thing about it as well is, is 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 you've all got these interesting stories and spiritual awakenings or some sort of large synchronicity that's shifted your 
you into your work. I mean, it really is. I feel like there's a platform for all these people that have, have done all this research. You've dedicated your life to decades of this research and it's very interesting and it simplifies things and it, and it makes, you know, people look at our current scientific paradigm in a new way. And maybe we're not, uh, we don't know everything we think we know. It's, it's, a, it's, it's really brilliant. I mean, we had, we also had on Dale Pond from the Pond Institute who makes these dinospheres like Keeley had tried to develop. And I was wondering if you've been following those guys as well. Um, and if you've yeah, ever heard yeah, of the dinospheres. Yeah. Dale, um, Dale was a big fan of Keeley, and so he and I used to talk about stuff. Uh, I don't subscribe to his dinosaurs thing. He he's been he thinks he's channeling Keeley and some other stuff, and I I think Dale's been smoking too many cigarettes myself. <laughs> but uh, every like like, uh, like one of my old crazy buddies said, he said everybody's got a nose. It's like everybody's got an opinion. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, sooner or later, truth comes out. Yeah. I I, yeah. I remember uh, one of the good things that, that uh, Dale Pond has done is, is try and aggregate a lot of the Achilles stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, most of the really good Achilles stuff was done with my friend Larry Wilson back in the 50s. This was one of the guys I studied in his library. He had the most fabulous uh, Keeley stuff, and he actually built a dinosaur back oh, wow. then. Oh. And uh, and he you know he showed how it works and all of this stuff, and there was nothing magical about it. Wasn't it? you know Dale's got these things that the each of these things are chrome plated and gold plated and stuff, and and try and make make these things as a Focus of spiritual energy, and that's not the way it works. It's just not what Kitty was doing. Hmm. Kitty was, was a much more advanced being. Hmm. There was a book that uh, Larry Wilson, my friend, found called Dashed Against the Rock. And Dashed Against the Rock was ostensibly written by William J. Colville. This was back in the, I think, late 1800s or maybe early 1900s. And it was actually a manuscript that Keeley gave to Colville, and Colville put it in the form of a, uh, like a story, you know, a paper. And that's where that book came from. And it didn't fall off a bookshelf and hit Dale in the head or anything like that. <laughs> it, it it was uh, it was a book that came came from uh, Larry Wilson, and the research that he did. You, you ever heard of Otis T. Carr? No. Okay. Carr, this was back in the 50s and 60s. Carr was real big on the UFO thing. And Carr claimed that he could build a uh, UFO and show the anti-gravity principle. Well, Carr was actually talking to my friend Larry Wilson and a guy named Eugene Carini. Wilson and Carini had broke the code on how to build a, a gravity coil. And the gravity coil uh, was contracted by Otis D. Carr to be put in his flying saucer model. But Carr was a real big egotistical jackass. <laughs> and he took, he took uh, Carini and Wilson's coils 
and installed them himself. He said, I don't need you guys. But what happened was is he didn't know how to install them, and he screwed up the insulation and wrecked the coils. So, the, so when he did the demonstration of this flying uh, saucer he built, I mean, the pictures are all out there in the internet if you look up OOT's car. And, of course, people have built O.T.'s car up to this, this big thing, but he was really, really more like a Barnum and Bailey guy, you know, kind of a showman. But the reason he could do a lot of this stuff was guys like uh, my friend Larry Wilson and Carini. I, I knew both of both of those guys, and uh, I studied under uh, Wilson for quite a while. You know, I'm used when I was going to college, I was carrying on a full-time research on alternate science plus my college stuff. And when I would have a free afternoon or a Saturday, I'd call up Larry and ask him if I'd come over and, and uh, study in his library. And, and I'd go over there and, and uh, he'd let me study something or he'd have something there. He'd show me, you know, he'd show me anti-gravity stuff, all kinds of crazy things. And uh, some of the experiments and things he'd been doing. And, and Larry was an intuitive. I mean, he was really a good guy. He's one of the best uh, guys as far as machining and making uh, models and stuff that uh, I ever knew. I, I never met anybody that could make models like uh, Wilson could. And, and that, that's how I learned all this stuff. And uh, Carini and Wilson and I went back to, um, went back east to set up a Honda motorcycle dealership. <laughs> this is old history. And uh, it turned out to be a scam. Uh, Carini was, was scamming both of us to, to take what money I had been working on in the summer to go back to college. And I, I finally, after a couple of weeks, realized it was happening, so I went back home and, and uh, got myself straightened out. But uh, Wilson, uh, Wilson was was really into the hollow earth stuff. And he, he had uh, some friend of his that dropped by when I was over there one time, and this friend had told him he knew how to get into the hollow earth and had done so. Oh. And so, and so, uh, Wilson went up to uh, Mount Shasta, and there, there's a uh, a lava tube on the side of Shasta that um, was there. And Wilson and uh, another guy, I don't know who it was, <clears throat> they they built up two weeks worth of uh, dried foods and water and things. And they went down in this lava tube, and they were gone for two weeks, and they had enough to get back out. And this guy said, um, "I think we should go back." And Larry said, "No, I want to go. I want to go another week." And so the guy gave him whatever food and water he could that he could spare. And Larry went another week to down this lava tube. It just went down, 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 you know, for miles and miles and miles. And, and Larry never found anything. They were, they were looking for this hollow earth. And a couple of years later, this, this guy that, that claimed he'd been in the hollow earth said he'd found another place to get in. It was up in Canada. Well, Larry sold all his stuff, took his library, gave it to... Um, gave the fabulous library to a friend of ours in Iowa, Ike, Iowa. And, those, and and Larry took off to Canada and was never heard from again. Wow. 
I mean, some of these th- stories. You know what part of Canada? Uh, people. Yeah, that's amazing. So, so whether he got into the whole orbit or not, I have no idea. But the guy disappeared, and that, he disappeared going looking looking to go into the hollow earth. You know, you got all these stories about beings in the top, in the center of the earth and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you've probably heard those stories. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Then, you know, there's stories of Antarctica having an entrance and, um, yeah. yeah, all kinds of that. So, so what's, what are some of the, before we, we, uh, we lose track on, uh, on your new, do you have any new work that you want to talk about? I know you've probably talked about the shape power stuff all the time, but do you want to, is there anything new, um, that you want to bring okay, up? Okay. Um, how much time we got left? As much as you like. Huh? As much as you like. Okay, I'll talk about, okay, another vision uh, that I had was uh, was uh, this this being that uh, told me I had to work on the etheric energy. <laughs> okay. So, so when I came, when I got a pop, pop back in my body, I wrote it down on a notepad by my bed. And then I flopped off to sleep, and the next morning I woke up, and here's this thing, etheric energy, sitting there on the notepad. And I said, what the heck do I know about etheric energy? <laughs> and so I and I said, well, I know a few little things. So I started writing stuff down. And I've got 16 chapters now on etheric energy and the various aspects of it. Now, those 16 chapters, you can distill probably down into one chapter about the ether and how it functions. <clears throat> the, the, this side of life is the electromagnetic side. You know, you got a pro, you got protons, electrons, you've got magnetic fields, you've got electric fields, you've got gravity fields. On the etheric side, you've got etheric energy, and the etheric energy can be made into something on this side. And the way it does that is patterns. Everything runs on patterns on the etheric side. And the patterns act as programmers to program the ether to do something. Like you can program the ether to, uh, say, build a diamond. If you've got the right program, it'll build you a diamond in the right shape, size, the whole nine yards. It'll make you a lump of gold, anything. If you know the pattern, now the, there's 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 several rules about shape. Mm-hmm. Patterns don't do anything to the ether unless they're energized. Mm-hmm. You got to energize the pattern in the ether to make the pattern do its thing. The the patterns are like computer programs. You know when you uh, energize a computer program, it goes through and executes all its instructions and does what it's been programmed to do. And that's that's how uh, you know your computer, your cell phone, and all this stuff work. It's the same thing with the ether and patterns. The 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 the, the ether forms the sub substance to make uh, make make stuff, and it it can make it on any level. You know, there's there's the etheric levels. There's not just one etheric level. There's there's the whole raft of levels. There's etheric substance associated with water, etheric substance associated with uh, physical matter, there's physical substance with uh, 
you know, mind, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And all of these are patterns in the ether when and the that make this energy that type of energy. So if you know what the pattern is, you can create anything you want. And you also gotta know how to energize. And of course that's part of the big secret. Right. Is energizing patterns. You know, no one very few people know how to do that. Of myself, I know maybe three or four people on the planet that can understand the energizing patterns. Now, if you if you get into magic, uh, they, they talk about patterns and stuff. You know, chanting creates patterns that, that does stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like decreeing uh, or chanting or whatever you want to call it, creates patterns in the ether and the ether does things for you. Now, there's there's certain rules about how the ether transmits and, uh, <clears throat> transmits energy and patterns. If you've got two patterns that are identical, they're in resonance. Mm-hmm. So if you energize one pattern, you energize the other pattern automatically because they're in resonance. Yeah. So it's called pattern resonance. That's a that's one of the subsets of uh, pattern physics. Yeah, pattern resonance. So you get pattern resonance, and you can do stuff, um, make a pattern, and duplicate the pattern, and energize your pattern. You're going to energize all the others. There, there, there's so much stuff you can do with all this. It's amazing. What about sigil so sigil magic? Or can... Yes. Yeah. Ba- basically, that's what it is. Well. A sigil is a pattern creator. Um, no, it's a, a sigil is a pattern, and so when you energize a sigil, it does stuff for you. Right. But the, there was a kid that called me here uh, two years ago. I don't know how when. And he said, uh, "Mr. Davidson, he he said, you know, he says I'm really interested in all this alternative science. He says I, I want to study it." He said, do you think we'll ever get to the point where they have, like on Star Trek, where they got this uh, duplicator? You know, you, you program it to generate yourself some... Uh, replicator. English replicator, yeah. Yeah, the repli- yeah, replicator, that's the word. And I said, yeah, we're going to get there. We're on the pathway to get there. <laughs> and that's where we're headed. But we're going to have a Star Trek type technology well can you can you it's go in keep going keep going big, pardon can you go ahead and get into um how how to create this energy like i mean you don't have to give us the exact details but you know three or four people that can do it is it is it a is it similar to what you did with your crystal wand <laughs> or is it something you can do internally with your body like or with your mind i mean can you generate this energy on your own or do you need an out Okay. External influence or external something. Okay. Yeah, you don't create energy. Energy is neither created nor destroyed. The energy is there. It's the ether in various forms. So it has nothing to do with the the healing wand. It has nothing to do with anything else. If you go to the my website, uh, etheric science, there's a lot of stuff there on patterns. Uh, I got another website called the Master Power Flame. Okay. And I can put the master power flame around anybody or anything on the planet instantaneously. 
that's one of the things about the ether is that pattern resonance is instantaneous transmission of energy. So you you could build a computer that had instantaneous uh, operational instructions that was based on etheric pattern technology. And that, that's where the computer technology has to go. It has to be, um, it has to operate on this level rather than the electromagnetic, what it's doing, it doing now. You know, I, I put in a, um, a proposal to NASA one time, and I got left out of the chair to build a, a faster than light computer. You know, they thought it was nuts. <laughs> and uh, I I had all the physics and everything, and these guys just thought I was totally out of, out of whack, you know. They couldn't believe it ain't going faster than light. I've seen in demonstrations eight times the speed of light. That was simple-minded stuff. So you say, how do you make the ether do stuff? You're not going to create energy. You're going to manipulate it. Right. And you got you got to manipulate it with a pattern to do something. That's what you have to do. And you got to well, you got to find some way to energize it. Um, one of the things that I in one of the chapters that I talked about in um, uh, the Zurich the, uh, Science chapters that I've written was the types of energy. There are very great various gradations of energy. The the purest, of course, is what I call the sacred fire. That's that violet flame and mm-hmm. and the blue flame. And there are various rays, and these are these uh, spiritual qualities. That's the highest form of energy. Like now, your, one like of your, the lowest. Who say again? Like your crown chakra, the purple, the violet. Okay, the, the chakra is just a physical pattern, and, and the energy uh, that flows through it has to be that color. Yeah, it's purple or violet, whatever you call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's right. You're right about that. But the um, <clears throat> but the, one of the great agents of energy is down on a lower level, and that's the stuff that uh, Wilhelm Reich discovered. He, Orgon? he discovered orgon. Yeah, orgon energy is being used. To supposedly do healing and stuff, and it's the and pyramid energy was used at one time. It's the worst possible type of energy you could be using. It's a dirty, filthy energy if you look at it from a pattern standpoint. Wow, because uh, that's what that's what our our friend was asking you about as well about whether organ energy can be be uh, was it whether it's being dangerous. Well, organ. All you know, uh, one of the things that Wright come up with is door, dangerous orgone energy, or dangerous orgone, or something like a D O R, dangerous orgone, some. Anyhow, it turns out that all orgone is dangerous. The, I had friends that were living under a pyramid, and they got so sick that they, they, you know, they practically kill themselves living in this pyramid. The uh, you you can have pure pure orgone energy, but it's highly unlikely. There is a higher form. Uh, you can even see it if you go outside on a bright sunny day, 
and and uh, deep focus your eyes, you can actually see these little points of light the sitting squ- out in the atmosphere. See the squiggly lights. We've been talking about this on the show, Darren. This is the lights I was talking about. What's yeah, that's 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 the pure form of of energy. It's really cosmic light sounds that uh, it's radiating out from the sun. It's one of the patterns, and it's a total pure energy. Uh, it's like or um, prana. If you ever studied yoga, yeah, yeah. Pranic energy or is is this is a pure form of energy. You don't want to be messing with orgone energy because you know these guys are taking crystals and and putting them in a plastic matrix to squeeze them and get the energy out of them. Well, you can do that, but the energy is impure unless you have totally purified the crystals and you've totally purified the plastics, you're going to create dirty energy, dirty orgone energy. So I should get rid of those two pyramids that I have in my bedroom that are plastic with crystals and copper wires inside them and all that? Yeah, I wouldn't be messing around with it if they've got crystals in them. I think there's one of those because, motherfuckers in here yeah, somewhere. There is. Yeah, you've got, you've got a little orgone one in here somewhere, too. So I, But I don't understand why it's dirty if, it, if, it's, if a crystal just has this this uh, this pattern and this energy coming from it. Like, like what's the difference between the, the shape power of a pyramid and being inside a pyramid and having it orgone? Okay. Uh, the shape power is fine, but the problem is that the, the atmosphere of Earth... And the the substances like the rods that make up your pyramid uh, shape, then they have impurities in them. When I say impurities, I mean distorted patterns. Okay. You know, um, most people don't realize how impure most substance is. Now, I've got machines here that purify crystals. I never use a crystal unless I purified it. I can buy crystals from some of these companies, and I will take it, and I will totally remove all negative patterns from, you know, hate, all distortions of uh, machining, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. You know, let's say some guy worked on making some glass, and he was having trouble with his wife, and he was cursing everything around. Yeah. Well, it turns out that the glass now has those patterns in it. Right, right. Just like so water, just like you, water would pick up those patterns as well. Yeah, you know, you you got this guy in uh, um, Japan, Japan, mm-hmm. Japan that did all this, the patterns of the water. That was one of the best demonstrations of impurity versus purity of patterns. Yeah. And he never really had pure stuff. I mean, he thought he had put in nice, clean, running clean water and stuff, but uh, those patterns were, were totally clear. Uh, a good clairvoyant or a good sensitive can tell you how clean something is. When I say clean, I don't mean you, you've scrubbed it with a, a, a brush and taking the bristles and the... the uh, Turpentine to it and gotten all rid of all the grease and oil, and it's uh, that's only on the physical level. There are patterns on the etheric level, physical, you know, mental, emotional, etheric levels that 
qualify some. You know, you can. You know, I I did this demonstration one time and it scared the hell out of some people. Was uh, I picked up a rock off the ground and I asked these people to feel the energy and I I can help them feel the energy. They you know they could feel it was going you know really kind of weird and doing stuff. <laughs> and then I took this this rock this this rock that was off the ground and I verified it using certain higher principles and I gave it back to them and they couldn't believe the difference in the rock just because there are patterns on the other levels that have to give you run rid of until you've got purity so when you talk about my healing wand it's it, it those crystals are as pure as there's there you're ever going to get so, so how do people clean their own crystals and how do i if i've got all these crystals at home then how do i purify them like is it tip is it your typical new age thing where you can use sea salt and put them in the moonlight and the water or use uh um sage, sage or all these other things like how would you do or even sunlight Okay, those only do a certain level of cleaning, yeah. purifying. Yeah. Or can't you use kyanite, uh, too? Doesn't it cleanse other crystals? Have Have you ever studied the sacred fire, the various activities, like the violet flame? Uh, no. Okay. That's how you purify them. you got to use a sacred fire. Okay. And... And the, the sacred fire is is an aspect of the master power flame. That you, you know, you ask one of these great beings where they get all this energy that they're putting forth, mm-hmm. and they they get the sacred fire out of the master power flame. Okay. They built up high high concentrations of the sacred fire and use it for their creative activities. And that's where it comes from. Now, you, your higher self can tune in and project the sacred fire for you. Yeah. So you can call your, you know, if you know how to you know, tune to your higher self to, to blaze uh, the sacred fire through whatever you've got, you can purify it. Okay. Okay, that's... And, and you, can t- you can tell the difference. I mean, you can, like I said, you take the rock experiment. You can... Pick a rock up off the ground, it's all dirty and grungy, wash it off, and, and it, you can still feel the same vibrations from it. And then you you, raise, you, you call your higher self and uh, really concentrate on that rock with a sacred fire and see how the vibrations have changed. Now, there's a lot more to it. Though. I mean, you can uh, there's, there's ways you can mechanically do it. I mean, when I say mechanically, I mean electronically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, but basically, you've got to use some activities of the sacred fire to purify and raise some vibrations. And this this energy field that the Earth is moving through, you know, now at this time, are higher concentrations of the sacred fire. Oh. And what that's that what that's doing is it's leavening the Earth to higher vibration levels, higher consciousness, you know, higher patterns of. You know, like if you look at things uh, 50 or 60 years ago, look at the old farm machinery back then, or the old cars. Look at the cars we have today. I mean, it's the difference between night and day. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just the difference between computer and cell phones and, and uh, 
Yeah, the old computers. Yeah, we're get, we're getting closer and closer to the innate structure of the universe. It looks a lot like the hard drive of a Mac. <laughs> <laughs> so, lots of good things. Well, I what is it? Ten fifteen? What time do we start? Yeah, we we got almost two hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're you're gonna have a you're gonna have editing, or else you're gonna have my BS on for more than one show. <laughs> no, no, we're we're good. We put out long shows. This has been a an amazing amazing conversation, and and time flies oh, yeah, when we have these. Will, it's, guys it's, will love it. Yeah, our listeners are gonna absolutely well, love it. Well, I hope they like it, and uh, I wish you best of luck on your. Uh, uh, Grime, Grime America, or Grim America. Grime America. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it. Yeah, yeah. Your, your good old America show. I'm okay. Right God, on. Your God, God bless America show. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Dan. Really, really appreciate it. And we're gonna link. We'll, yeah, put, you, we'll put this yeah, thing out you, there in the in the ether. We'll put this thing out there in the ether, and it'll go around around the globe, and we'll have some feedback, and and we'll keep you in touch, and uh, we'll send you a copy of it. Okay. Okay. Thanks, God God bless you. Yeah. God bless you, and you have uh, have best of luck. You as well. Thank you. Bye. 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 And that was a chat with Dan Davidson, kind of last minute slapped together and mind blowing. One of my favorites. Yeah, Yeah. because I also had the visuals of his. um, Power, uh, shape power here as well, which people can You'll look at when they the listen to it. Yeah. yeah, it'll all be linked in the show notes. And I mean, it's it's just one. It's a, what's going on with these people that are had. They've had. They're very spiritual people. They come up with all this science. We had the guys from the UK doing the same thing. Um, that's a handful of guys now, right? With completely different theories. Not that not different. Together. And you know what they the funny together. thing is? Is it ties, tends to tie into some of the things that are more are the ones that resonate. Exactly. It's all resonating together and it's all just pushing back on this paradigm we live in. And so I wanted to say that to people, like, I don't want to keep bringing up the shows that we previously did, but in these instances, I have to, because we've got these new listeners and if they like this show, they're going to like electric universe and they're going to like the growing earth and they're going to like, um, you're going to like, you're going to like 90% of the back catalog. Well, no, it's there's there's a specific genre of these pseudo spiritual, super scientific, out of the box guys that have their own sort of big big theories with a lot of um, a lot of evidence and a lot of footnotes and a lot of you know a lot of stuff that we can you can ver you can use to verify. I think we've almost got enough to put together, like a category. Oh, the whole thing. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. And I love how he gets into all this, like the, the master fire and all this stuff. Like he's talking about, we're getting into like how magic works. That's right. Speaking of which, or not speaking of which. But I want to keep I talking about stuff here. We should save it for the intro. I, I had more I wanted okay, to say go, about go, in the go, outro. Go, go, I can't, go, now go. I can't. I don't oh. know what it is. I don't have what it. What is it, it's contagious? Gone. It's gone. <laughs> Um, oh no just I appreciate the decades of work these guys oh, do that's the other thing they have 
crazy downloads or something happened, but they've been researching for decades. It's like their life's work. And finally they have an outlet, like a paper to write a download and now a platform to share it on. And now we can share it with everybody. Like that's the delight. Like those, those chats are like the the reason why we do this. It's amazing. Archive forever. Yeah. And what's that? If, if, if drawing two lines makes energy, like not makes energy, but if it, if it creates that shape power that he's talking about, and you were doodling on your table there and all that, and he's got all these shapes and how it concentrates the ether, right? What is putting out this podcast do then too, right? That has to create, or, you know what I mean? Create patterns. Creates gray hairs. Patterns. It does. Yeah. Wouldn't have it any other way. Huge thanks to Dan. Big thanks to our buddy Clint. Uh, you know how you are, buddy. Another home run on the guest suggestion. You should uh, formally email us a list of your guest suggestions. Yeah. And well, work up the nerve to come on the show. Yeah, he's got to make it down to Calgary. He's he's a local dude, too. Local I enough. think he's up there in Red Deer, isn't he? Well, I wasn't trying to single him out that far, but <laughs> you just threw him. You just Sorry, mate. <laughs> yeah, Graham will just reveal your identity. <laughs> you got to be very specific. The guy, the guy who was going to have a pseudonym will reveal your identity at a moment's notice. But yeah, next time you're in Calgary, swing down and come to the igloo. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, join us Even for an intro. Even if you don't want to do a show, you can still just pop in and listen in. Yeah. You don't have to talk. Yeah. Um, anyway, big thanks to Clint. Big thanks to Dan. Big thanks to Graham. Big thanks to you guys. Of course, check out grammerica.ca slash support, guys. There's a bunch of different ways there you can help us. Uh, help us remain ad sponsor, affiliate, back catalog charging all that bullshit free we're doing it all for free on the uh, good graces that if you guys do and are finding some value from the show killing your commutes uh you know throw a buck or two a month our way if you can the the options there from a buck all the way up to 30 bucks a month uh you can do one-time donations as well and that shit really does help yeah yeah we got a couple new subscribers as well and thank you for signing up and you can email us as well, and me, you can spam Graham, G-R-A-H-A-M, at com. Send me your stories and feedback and all that. It's great to hear from everybody. And also, Synchros. I'm on Instagram as the Graham America Show, and Darren's the Twitter guy. We should start putting a link to the subreddit, too, because some uh, random fan has done all that hard work for us. Really? It's only like 16 or so. Okay, well, yeah, we'll put that it, in, that there, could in the show notes. Yes, yeah, so we should get that going. Because the Let's, show notes has links to everything. Uh, yeah, we should we start promoting that because we've hummed and hawed about doing a forum. Or I was doing because I'm in. I listen to another podcast that has like a group chat, so there's just a running group chat with like a hundred of us in there, and you can just kind of pop in, like pop a, like a WhatsApp chat. Like it's actually it's through Google Hangouts, I think. Oh, it's like that. But there's just a hundred people in there, and you can kind of check in anytime. And there's always a couple people in there shooting the shit, you know. Which could be a fun kind of thing to do with the community, or but then you had mentioned that the forum or something. Was it you just talking about the forum? But that's kind of what the Reddit is, I suppose. Yeah, some right? of our Reddit could are, be that. Yeah. But anyway, I've been thinking about different ideas of things like that. So if that's something anyone knows how to do well or has a better idea for or thinks is a good idea, because, I mean, we could just have an ongoing group where, where, where not only could the listeners be interacting with us, they could possibly start to really interact with each other yeah and we've sort of experienced that ourselves uh yeah we can kind of share the communities that we've we've had that uh yeah we've made tons of friends and and everything else and we if we could you know pay that 
part of it forward somehow so that people yeah. could start making connections. Maybe there's a bunch, maybe there could be a dude in your apartment building that's listening to the show and you guys get along on all sorts of different levels. Yeah. No, I'm having a great time meeting, meeting new people. And, uh, you sounded pretty Canadian. I'm having a great time. No, no, but I mean, uh, just different couples too, like hanging out with my girlfriend, some couples and, and just talking about all kinds of cool stuff. Like it's, there's, there's, there is a way now we can connect with like-minded people, even locally. So word up. All right, guys. I think that's about it. Do all the shit and gram show note list, please. And, uh, tell your friends about the show. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week.